Hello, it usually helps if the mic is not muted when I'm talking. Uh, content warnings for this episode. Uh, we talk about um, post-surgery uh, recoveries. Uh, we discuss taking different kinds of pain meds. There's discussions of weird old anime nudity. Uh, talk about death. We talk about amputation. And uh, at the start, there was a point where the audio kind of fucked up and I had to cut stuff out. It still flows. Um, and basically all you lost is us talking about um, kind of the history of Gynex and uh, where this anime we're talking about falls on the timeline. Um, but besides that, yeah, not missing much. Um, there's going to be another charity stream coming up soon. Uh, it's going to be... Probably for Extra Life, uh, Labor Day weekend. And um, if you can show up, that would be really great. And if not, I understand. It's fine. Anyways, I hope you're having a great day. And I'll see you in a week. Bye. It is Joe and Autumn. Yay, we're back for another episode together forever. We'll forever. Never be apart besides those times when one of us is sick or busy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, like when a, a, a guy go on tour or my face is uh destroyed or my face is destroyed <laughs> like a month later. Yeah. <laughs> How's that going, by the way? It's going good. Um, a lot of swelling is down, though. It's still like, like, not to most people, for but to me, still noticeably uneven on the swelling, mm-hmm. which is annoying. Mm-hmm. Like my right side's doing good. Left side needs to catch up. See, the thing, the great thing about living alone and never seeing anybody ever is, I never had to worry about that. Yeah, but it's very much something like. I know, like, I only notice it when I like look close in the mirror. Mm. So, for the most part, no one's gonna notice except for like maybe my girlfriend. And that's a I big guess maybe. I had my uh, my final check in before my year check in uh, last week. Oh, and uh, apparently my nose is slightly deviated to the right. So every day I have to do little massage exercises to bump uh. it a bit to the left. My nose has always just been a little bit to the right. <laughs> um, I'm not, I, I'm not too worried about it because yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah, I got. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's fine. I got, I got my three month uh, next week. Nice. Which, uh, which is interesting. I never had a one month. Oh really? Yeah, I just had like the the two week one, and that's been it since. Wait, you had uh, a two week one? I had a one week one. Oh wait, no, yeah, no, one week. Yeah, okay, no, it was one week. I it's been a while, and my memory of that time was it's hazy. Yeah, funny what happens when you're sleeping a lot and on pain meds. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, podcast. We're not doing a <laughs> podcast. podcast. We're doing a podcast. We're not. I mean, <laughs> we spe- we specifically watched. Okay, so last time Autumn and I had an episode, we talked about. Wait, why am I a crab? 
which was a fairly popular episode, though I guess a lot of people hadn't heard of it, which I don't know. I'm shocked by Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it was the show of the season. Yeah, it was a big new isekai, and those always get fucking all the publicity. Yeah. But, uh, since that did so well, uh, we're gonna do another anime today, but instead of doing some new hotness, uh, we're gonna talk about a classic. Going uh, we back watched, in time. We watched the first three episodes of uh, Gunbuster, Gun which Buster. is just as odd but good as I remember it. <laughs> or at least the first three episodes are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I, I, I am a, a fan so far. I, I, I do just love like, you know, like '90s and like older anime. Mm-hmm. Just because, just the. They have a certain style and charm to them that I miss. Like with the animation and the music. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely distinct. Yeah. So And yeah, like 80s anime, everything looked distinct. Like it it's very rare that you'd have two animes that would look alike. Yeah, it, which kind of sucks like these days. So, so many just look exactly the same, especially when we talk about like the isekais and shit. <laughs> Especially when we talk about like the mass-produced isekai. Yeah, like, oh, fuck. Of, like of course, this is the uh, uh, survivor's bias of anime. The reason why all of the old anime looks so distinctly different to us is because we don't watch the bad anime from back then. Yeah, that, that, all, that all looked alike. That that is true. So. Um, th- th- even then, just like even the general kind of aesthetics and, and like animation choices that they made back then are nostalgic for me mm-hmm. like like when i was a kid like well, uh getting to watch like adult swim at night and watch like just for the animes yeah of course. Um, and then like robot chick would come on and i would be like oh this sucks and turn it off <laughs> i liked robot chicken but that was also because i'm old enough that yeah, I was I, more the target than yeah. You were I, I was time. young. I didn't understand the jokes. I thought it looked creepy, so <laughs> I was like, "No, just give me Yasha and that one robot anime." I can't remember what it is. You go, huh? You go. No idea. Like I, I would only be able to like name it if I like looked at it, like an episode. I have like just va- like just a little like hints of memories of it. I, 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 there's quite a few animes like that that I watched as a little kid. That I, I wish I knew what they were now, but I have no way to like. I don't know how to find find them. Oh God, Ro- Robot Chicken is still going. Uh, uh, that's not too shocking. Seems like, like just one of those like, you know, anime anime shows directed towards adults that just last forever because dads exist. Uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I'm going to double check this real fast. I believe it was like Gainax's first big anime. Oh, it's kind of what like launched them. Because I think after Gain, like, OK, okay I, I pulled up the. Uh, the series. Oh, no. OK, they did Appleseed before then. But. Ooh, that brought that brings back memories. And then now nowadays Gainax doesn't really exist. Um, it got broken apart between uh, into Trigger, and I can't remember uh, where the rest of everyone went. And Gainax now kind of exists just to sell out the Evangelion license to, like, ad companies. Ripperoni and cheese. There's, like, the fucking 
there's a really cursed shaving ad of uh Gendo Akari like clean shaven and it it doesn't look good. It looks bad. <laughs> uh but it's a classic um basic idea is that humanity goes out into space and starts to explore. They run into some sort of enemy and it absolutely fucking annihilates all of the humans who are there. Um and now on Earth everyone's having to like they're they're training a bunch of uh young children to become soldiers to fight this alien menace, which apparently knows nothing but death and consumption. Uh and so uh we open up episode one. Um the downside to how we consumed this is we can't remember anyone's name. So Yeah, that that that's that's even hard, just like normally. <laughs> I have the Wikipedia article open. Luckily, there aren't many ca- named characters, really. Um, yeah, I, I literally I can only remember Smith from the episode we just watched. Yes, that's Horan. Uh believe the main character is Noriko. Just gonna double check. Yeah, Noriko. Um, so show opens up. Noriko is thinking about her dad who was an admiral in the space navy that got absolutely fucked up and destroyed Mm -hmm. and she wants to become uh, a pilot of the mechs so that she can go out into space and figure out what happened to her dad because when the aliens attacked it's like there's not much really known and released to uh the public uh so she really wants to become a pilot of the ba- the battling robots, but oh no, she is exceptionally bad at it. <laughs> like exceptionally bad at it. Uh, yeah, it does, it does do like the the thing I do enjoy with anime protagonists of like, you know, at the start they fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> like the the the. the 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 Nar the Naruto, mm-hmm. like I I, don't know, I I enjoyed that as opposed to so many just start with like oh yeah they're just so naturally talented and amazing like and I like the no they suck they they're struggling to get good. Mm-hmm. So that is something I do like about Gunbuster is uh she Nariko really wants to go into space but she's too bad at it so she goes and she talks to Coach who's their PE teacher. Um, and she's like a mech PE teacher that makes them do push ups and like sit ups and like run laps in their mechs. Mm-hmm. I Don't just... worry about it. <laughs> I love it. Um, but she goes to him and she's like, Hey, I really want to do this. Please, please, like, give me special training so that I can do this. Uh, and he goes, Yeah, okay. And so he gives her special training. Uh, everyone makes fun of her because she's like, uh, they're like, ah, there's no way you could possibly ever get good enough. And then she gets pretty good at it because she tries really fucking hard. Yeah, works her ass off. And then she gets pretty good. Um, there's one other, uh, she also has totally not a crush on, uh, uh, another character at the school whose name is Kazumi. She's like the best of the best. And everyone knows that she's going to be 
one of the pilot or students that's going to be chosen to be sent up into space. And so everyone's pretty much just racing for second. Yeah. Uh, so she does her best. Uh, she gets in a fight with a bully and the bully's kicking her ass. And then she turns off Wait, all uh, of her. The, the fight is our, the fights in the mechs. Yes. Yeah. They get into a mech fight. Uh, and so she's losing, and then Nariko decides to turn off all of her sensor stuff and just fight through instinct and wins. Because mm-hmm. she just... She just knows. She just uses her latent uh, mech-fighting powers to just win. Uh... So she fights, and it comes time for, you know, the two people to be chosen, and surprise, surprise, it's Noriko and uh, Kazumi. And then it also turns out that Coach Oda, her PE coach, is going with them, because he's also, like, I guess an officer in the army now? Uh, I can't remember if it's is it revealed in the first or second episode that he's like the only survivor from first contact. Yeah, I I can't. Yeah, I can't remember if it's first or second. It's been been too long for that specific detail. Right. Uh, also, I just a peek behind the curtain. We watched the first two episodes a little ways back, and then just watched the third one before recording this. Yeah. Um, the original plan was to watch the rest of the series, and then, oh right, I'm sick, and Autumn's very busy. So, yes. <laughs> so that's the first episode. It's pretty good. It's very silly at times. Uh, yeah. second, second, ep- second episode, uh, we get to space. We get to space. They're just in space, and... Uh, and the they... Soviet Union is still alive. Yes, and the Soviet Union's still around, because they meet uh, Jung Freud. Don't don't ask why the Soviet Union pilot has a German name. <laughs> the, the answer is East Germany. Ah. Uh, so, because the Soviet Union still exists. So this actually, this was, this came out before the reunification of Germany. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, this is old. <laughs> so, uh, they get up there and they're going through training and then, uh, Jung is like, hey, fuck you two. I'm going to fight both of you. Like, during this training, we're going to go to the other side of this moon and we're going to fight. And they do, and I think Jung uh, easily defeats uh, Noriko, and then Kazumi and her fight to, like, equal status. They come back. Coach is like, yo, what the fuck? Why did you do this? This is dumb. They all get disciplined. Uh, And then... There's, like, a communal bathing scene. At one point, I remembered, oh, right, they show titties. Yeah, it's another thing with older anime. They were, they were a lot more just, like, casual about nudity. Well, this was also an OVA, so they could get away with a lot. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know, a lot, there's, there's a lot more titties in older animes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, survivor's bias. We don't see the ones that don't have titties. 
That's the only animes that survive are the ones with titties. The, the only ones that survive are notable. And you know what's a really good way to get notable uh, to a bunch titties. of young kids? Titties. Yeah. Except for, like... It's not like, you know, going back to, like, the isekais where it's, like, you know, they'll have, like, an almost, like, nip slip and it's, like, a big deal and it's, like, you know, they, they put a lot into it. This is just, like, it's just casual, like, yeah, it's just they're bathing so they're, they, have, they have titties. <laughs> it didn't feel, like, sexualized. Really. They're just... They just drew naked bodies, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Which I, I I enjoy that. I it's uh, a lot. I sort of a lot of like yeah the anime tropes these days with like the oh accidentally tripped and fall on someone directly with hands on titties and everyone Oops. freaks the fuck out. Yeah, I, that Oops. shit's so annoying. Oops, I tripped and fell, and my titties fell into your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's so like, going about these things like a no, like normal people is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during the communal bathing scene, uh, Noriko and God, I'm so happy. I thought to lo- uh, to open up the character list. That was a good idea. Uh, so Noriko and Kazumi are just you know in the bath. They're just like oh, I can't believe uh, Coach is such a a jerk to us. And then uh, Jung shows up, and she's totally chill now. And she explains, yeah. "No, I'm a like I'm I'm a generally a pretty nice person. I just get really nervous around new people who I like." <laughs> and then the homo the homoerotic subtext just keeps getting cranked for the rest oh, of the yeah. show. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, they talk a lot. Um, it turns out that Jung and uh, Noriko's birthdays are close to each other, so they're gonna have a joint birthday party. Uh, and then a bunch of boys who are on outside on robot training fly by and peek in on the girls in the bath. Because for some reason, the bath is just open. There's just a window into space yeah. in the bath. That's what that, so that typical anime thing comes in. But yeah, just why? I, I, I yeah, the, the giant like I get it in the idea of like. You know, imagine taking a bath with a giant view of space. It sounds pretty fucking nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not 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 when you have like I don't know training happening outside. Like one way glass exists. Oh yeah. <laughs> like... God, wouldn't that just be the dream? Just like in this big luxury bath with this giant window out into space. God, yeah. Also, what? Why would you have glass on a spaceship? You want to reduce that to fucking bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what glass is really bad at doing? Not breaking. Yeah. Though, though I, 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 you mentioned like space it works different in this show. Yes. So there is something. Uh, the versions we're watching, they don't have the interludes, which I think were released on DVD or the VHSs when they came out. But space works different in Gunbuster. It's full of uh, ether, and that makes it, which is like a weird liquid. So, it's mentioned in episode three that they can only hyperspace when the sea of space is calm, because the space is a combination of like air 
and liquid, so there's like turbulence and waves and shit, and it's really interesting. Um, you can survive in the vacuum of space for a little period of time, because you can kind of breathe uh, ether. It's it's wild. I love it. Uh, so they uh, so everyone's on um, everyone's chatting, uh, and then it's discovered that uh, there is a spaceship traveling very close by and is going to make a intersection with was it the sun or was it Jupiter? Uh, Something. It's going to be destroyed. Yeah. And I want to say it's the sun. They, they want to know what it is because what the fuck, like that's not there's no one who's supposed to be hyperspacing. This is going to be a really good opportunity for training for a Kazumi and Noriko because, uh-oh, there's something special that they were chosen for that's been men- that's mentioned here called the Gunbuster. Uh, and so Coach wants them to be to have this training. Uh, and then Gunbuster does something that I don't that I'm still very surprised it does. Gunbuster actually takes time dilation into account. Yeah. It's really cool. So they have to go on this mission to like quickly catch up to the ship. Uh, and if everything goes according to plan, they'll make it back in time Jung and Noriko's birthday, which is like six months away, and this mission's supposed to take like, according to Noriko, Coach, and uh, Kazumi, probably twenty minutes. Uh, so Noriko and uh, Kazumi jet off. Coach follows behind in a slower ship because Noriko and Kazumi are literally holding onto a hyperspace engine. Uh, and so they blast off. They discover that it is, in fact, Noriko's dad's ship, which has been hyperspacing since that battle. And she kind of freaks out and goes, my dad might be alive, because for him it hasn't been that long. So she breaks into the ship and just starts running around trying to find her dad. Uh... Like, on foot, for some reason. Well, I mean, because the mech wouldn't fit through the human size corridors, I guess. Uh, and then Coach goes, Oh god, what the fuck? Okay. We're going to have to... I'm gonna go in after her. If I don't make it back in time... Uh... Kazumi, you need to stop and leave us behind, and we'll get back the slow way. Uh, and so he runs in, he finds her, he pretty much, like, picks her up and just hurries out. Um, he discovers that Kazumi waited for them, they hop on the ship, they were there for a minute longer than they, uh, were supposed to be. So by the time they get back, not only has their, uh, has the birthday gone by, it's multiple months later, and so the ship that was under construction when they left is about to leave. 
because it's been completed and gone through all the tests and has been christened. It's the new mother, new like head admiral's ship, and everyone's like, "Yay, Kazumi and Noriko, you're back! This is fantastic!" And Noriko's almost completely catatonic because whoopsie daisy, her dad is definitely dead, and she learned that like ten minutes ago. Uh, but the rest of you learned that months ago, I guess somehow. I don't know how they like. Are they still to like send communications? Yeah, I don't know. There, there must be some way to send communications. Yeah, because otherwise, stuff that happens doesn't later doesn't work very well. Yeah, so yeah, I'm assuming even with even through time dilation, they have some way to communicate. Yeah, because part three, there was no way they would have known about all of the aliens being at Leaf. Yeah, whatever. Um, because there was no one there, and now they're like, oh no, they're gathering here. Because yeah, anyways. Uh, so, that sucks. Uh, also, something very important happens that comes up in episode 3 and forward. Because Noriko and Kazumi passed, like, months and, like, a couple hours for them, that's months of training and practice that they didn't get. Yeah. Uh, switch. Oh. Which comes up, because next episode, uh, there's more... It starts with them, with uh, Noriko trying to send a psychic me- message to her best friend back home on Earth. Uh, just talking about how, how things are going. Um, she talks about how amazing it is to go into hyperspace and talks about the sea of space. Um... And so during uh, during hyperspace, everyone has to stay in their quarters. And they tell spooky stories. And uh, they do dares with each other. And so everyone draws straws. Of course, Noriko loses. Yeah. Oh, God. For Santa, I thought I was calling her Noriko when she was Kimiko. Kimiko is the best friend. Um, Noriko loses, so she has to go, and, uh, tie her bandana around a pole, uh, but look out for the ghosts! Ooh! Uh, so she goes into the hangar where she's supposed to tie, tie her bandana, uh, and when she gets there, there's a floating light! Ooh! But it's actually, it's just one of the, uh, male pilots who... Yeah, it's Smith! Polnareff. Yeah, Smith, who looks like Polnareff. Uh, and turns out that no, the guys do the same thing. Uh, so Smith takes her headband and ties her on the pole for her and is just like, man, you kind of suck at this, don't you? Uh, and then, whoops, Coach is there. And so they both get in trouble. Uh, next scene, they're outside. They have to polish... Um, the laser weapon array, the lens, so that when the ship shoots lasers, it'll shoot correctly. Uh, Noriko is just like, wow, look at all these beautiful uh, nebulas and shit. And Smith's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I guess he's, like, an experienced pilot? Maybe has seen combat before? No, he has seen combat before. He's right up says he's seen combat before. Um, 
Uh, so he's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. God, I haven't had to polish these lenses since I was like just a standard crewmate. Uh, and then while that's happening, two mysterious things zip past the uh, the ship. Uh, we learn that they are enemies. And so the entire fleet turns around and is going to go engage with those enemies. Uh, and by turn around, I mean they're going to slingshot around a sun. Or star. Uh, and then before they get to the star, they're going to slingshot around. There's scenes of Smith and Noriko kind of flirting. Uh, mainly a Smith making fun of Noriko because Noriko is desperately reading through the instruction manual for her robot. Because, oh shit, I'm going to go in combat, and there's all these months of uh, experience and training I didn't get because I was freaking out about my dad. Uh, so she goes into the robot bay, she gets inside the robot, and she starts like, fiddling with stuff. Uh, Kazumi, who is Noriko's... Noriko and Kazumi fight as a pair. Uh, but Kazumi doesn't want to fight with Noriko anymore because she doesn't think Noriko is ready for combat. So she's hoping that by being like, no, I won't fight with you anymore, Coach will be forced to, like, pull her from combat. Uh, that extremely does not happen. Uh, and then from there, uh, Kazumi ends up partnering with Jung. Jung, I keep saying her name different ways. Uh, and surprising Noah, Noriko ends up teaming up with Smith. Which, everyone knows, when you team up with Polnareff, nothing bad happens. Nothing bad happens. Everything goes great when you partner up with a Polnareff. <laughs> no, no one dies ever. Brutally. Never. Um, they get to the st uh, star, they discover the star, which was supposed to be a small... Uh, white star like the sun is now a giant red is now a red giant and that's not supposed to happen they were just here a decade ago which I don't know if that means decade real time or decade perceived time for I'm guessing the captain. it means real time I guess no because he's like last time I was here I was just a navigator but if he's an admiral it has to be like I could see him oh. going from it navigator to an admiral in 10 years because this is such a fucked up situation that everybody's getting promotions <laughs> but like if it's perceived time and how time dilation works that would be like a week ago because this is in like the perseus galaxy it's real far away yeah but they show up uh, hmm, that's weird. The stars decayed way faster than it was supposed to. Because stars have lifespans in, like, the billions of years. And it has not been billions of years. So they sl slingshot around. They're going into combat. Smith and Noriko launch. Uh, she can't see Smith, but Smith's like, hey, don't worry about it. I'm just below you. I'll go on the offensive, you say on the defensive, because we're like a screen um, for enemies. Uh, while the, I think this is really cool. We get all of this from the point of view of Noriko. We learn 
one of the battleships just gets completely wiped out. Uh, and it takes five seconds for the shockwave to hit her, which, again, space doesn't work like that. But this is water space, so sure. And then we hear him calling out, like, okay, so there's these... You know, there's two approaching from this side and one from this side. You take the one, I'll take the two. Um, she gets in combat. She completely freezes up. She can't do it. She just can't do it. Uh, she lets the enemy pass by. Uh, and then Smith stops responding. Because he's dead. Possibly because she's, she failed to stop him. Uh, then the next scene's really cool. It's her waiting at the hangar, waiting for him to come back. He doesn't come back. Uh, everything, everyone goes into hyperspace. And she goes and she checks on the men's quarters. And all the guys in there are really sad because Smith died. Uh, and then she goes back into the hangar and she looks at where her uh, headband is. And she notices there's like a little hatch door thing open. So she goes through it. And this is the first time I noticed that her out her outfit's so fucked up. It, it's, it's it's weird. It's got like weird straps, just for no reason. Yeah, it's like it's like a leotard. Which okay, fine. But then it's got like bikini briefs running down her thigh a little bit. That's weird. Why is it like that? I wonder if it's explained. I wonder if they try to uh, shake it off by saying it's some sort of blood regulator to stop all your blood from rushing into your feet. Because, fun fact, here's, here's some deep Star Fox lore. Star Fox, all of the pilots don't have legs. Um, mm -hmm. I think below the knee, and they're all replaced with robots to prevent all the blood from rushing into their legs because they pull off such IG forces. Which, that's cool. Um, which, does that mean... But we've seen Star Fox on foot, and it doesn't look like he has fake legs. Uh, in uh, like all the images of the games, it looks like it, but I, I don't know about. Or were they? Or were those just giant boots? Like maybe. Like it might have been a thing of like they're originally like, oh yeah, like the like the you know replace the leg thing, but that might have changed their mind later. Okay, why not both? Why not have it so that he he has like removable legs, so he has like the metal legs for when he's piloting, but then when he's not piloting, he just, like, stockets on his old legs. <laughs> his old flesh legs. Yeah, flesh legs. <laughs> um, so she goes in there, and Coach is there, and there's a giant head to a mecha, which I'm sure will not be coming up anytime soon. Oh, totally not. I didn't look super... Unique and different from every other mech we've seen so far. It's not like the name of the anime is Gunbuster, and that the name of the next episode is Launch the Incomplete Ultimate Weapon. <laughs> uh, and so she's crying, and she's like, "Smith died. Please teach me better. If I can't become better for myself, if I can't become better for uh, Onisan." Who she's referring to Kazumi when that. Uh, I'll become better for Smith and for myself. 
and he goes, hey, like, I know you can do this. Like, you have great potential. Um, And then that's the end of the episode. Except for we do get actual glimpse of the enemy. Right, the the episode does end. We learn that the reason that Star is decaying so quickly is that the enemy uses stars to reproduce. Uh, they, like, lay their eggs in the star, and then that, like, supercharges the eggs so that they hatch faster, but it also greatly reduces the sun's lifespan, I guess? Something like that. I'm, I'm sure they'll probably get more into it later. I, it was a very brief scene. It was very brief. It was very cool. Like, like there's no words. It was just showing, like, the, these giant, like, yes, weird, like, malformed, like, space wells driving, like, just, like, flying by in space and then having one be burned from the sun mm-hmm. and, like, and it just, opens like roar. Its... Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's so cool. <laughs> the official name for them, by the way, is uh, Uchu Kaiju, which <laughs> means space monster. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Uh, but, yeah, um, we, we skipped over a couple things, I guess. Smith, uh, when he agrees to partner up with, uh, Noriko, gives her the rest of the drink he was drinking, and she drinks some of it and goes, oh, a second-hand kiss! Which, okay. Yeah. The, the idea behind the second-hand kiss has always been weird to me. Because I, I share drinks with, like, family members all the time. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. I, it's, it seems like such a weird way to think about it to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the first half of Gunbuster. It's really good. Yeah, um, no, I am. It, it is. I'm vibing it. Uh, here is a last little bit of trivia, which I've learned from the Wikipedia page. Um, apparently... The plot of Top Gun is what inspired the plot of Gunbuster. Because the name of Gunbuster in Japan is uh, Top Onare, or Aim for the Top. Uh. Top, sorry, Popu Onare, which I know several people who listen to this speak Japanese, and I'm sure they're all going to tear me apart for my horrific pronunciation. But, hell, I can barely pronounce English words, please have mercy upon my soul. But yeah, check out Gunbuster. Gunbuster, it's pretty easy to find. Uh, you got anything else to add? Uh, no, I, I, I'm excited to see more of the aliens. Yeah. That shit's cool. They're really cool. They're like giant insect whales. It's so cool. Cool.